Good to have you back. Bill Michael Show. Continuing on. Got a story out of New York uh, we'll talk about coming up here in a few. Don't forget, coming up here in about uh, 10, 15 minutes, uh, we're going to be talking with Jeff Levering, uh, voice of the Brewers, uh, with Uke and Company and uh, the television side. We'll get his perspective on the Brewers as the Brewers have now clinched the, uh, the National League Central after last night's champagne spray, and they are off to the postseason. Now just hopefully you get a couple of wins to close things out, get on a roll, and go going from there. So we'll get into all of that. Uh, got Dwayne and Oshkosh coming up. Teddy was on uh, on talking to us before the top of the hour, and Teddy, thanks for hanging on throughout the break. I appreciate it. So, because I wanted to let you get everything in. So you said uh, you're you're basically saying that the brain trust of the Packers are idiots. So tell me what what your thought is and what that's based upon. All right. The um, with, with Teddy Thompson in place, of course, there was no succession plan because Teddy Thompson was sort of the god, and they kept him in there, you know, too long, and then it imploded. Of course. Under McCarthy, you know that 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 game against Arizona where everything went south, and so McCarthy's gone. Then, then they they bring in Lafleur, and uh, the thing about this is the special teams have been especially terrible for for so long. I mean McCarthy, you know he had that good old boy network. He wouldn't fire a coach. It, it was just against his religion. I don't fire coaches. They're all my they're my coaches, and and. So, so it it just went south in in that game uh, by the Space Needle, when uh, uh, you know just everything died on that mm-hmm. uh, on that right. uh, sideways kick. But then you have now you have a defensive coordinator in Barry. So Lafleur he wanted Leonard, you know, from Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Leonard turned him down. He didn't reopen the interview process for the defensive coordinator. So he went with the next guy, who is Barry, who's had no success at this in his life. In fact, when he was coordinator in past positions, he he was never better than 25th, 28th in the league. So is he supposed to get better? No, it's not going to happen. It's like special teams. Everything just keeps eroding, eroding, eroding. And then the train falls off the tracks. And, and then all of a sudden, okay, we've got to spend money. We've got to get someone real. We've got to get someone that knows what they're doing. And so then they, they make a change of pace. Well, that's the same thing that's going to happen here. And, of course, LaFleur in an NFC championship game, he's saving his timeouts. They're eight points behind. Um, Rodgers, he, he's going to Adams three times in a row, which is complete idiocy. And LaFleur mm-hmm. doesn't call a timeout to say, hey, we got to talk about this because this is our last chance. We need eight points or we're done. So, but no timeouts. He allows it to go through. They need eight. He kicks a field goal. And, and I right. mean, it made no sense. you got the best quarterback in the league. Well, well, wait, no, let's go with Crosby. Let's go with his foot. It'll give you three. But there's only two minutes yeah. left. We need eight. And, and, of course, they talk to guys like Tony Junji and Jimmy Johnson. And, of course, they're not going to come out and – uh, criticize LaFleur, but they, they got to that ledge. They said, I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know what he was thinking. Yeah. And, of course, that's the situation. And, and, and this, this is a throwaway season. This is a throwaway season. It doesn't really matter what happens, assuming they don't blank it. You know, they don't just win two games or whatever. But it, the golden child, uh, Love, he, he's going to be given – as much range as he needs, and it, right. it, they're going to give—he's got two or three years, and and they'll revamp everything else, but nothing, nothing's going to change. I guarantee you, love is not the answer for this team, 
because he hasn't shown poise. It, even in these late games, he he in the beginning he he doesn't go to the primary receiver. He doesn't want to throw that interception. He he's completely adverse to risk. You know, so he so he dumps it underneath. He does it left and right, left and right. Well, he, he, wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you short here. Okay, let me here, I'm gonna cut you off. Thanks for the phone call. Okay, for what you're saying. Okay, I I understand what you're talking about the different levels and layers of incompetence. Okay, I I I understand it. I don't necessarily agree with everything, but I understand it. The thing about poise, poise is what won him the ball game. Poise and moxie. When you talk about dumping it, he's dumping the ball off. No, he's thrown more intermediate and downfield passes than damn near any other quarterback in the National Football League, and he's not dumping it off, which is the reason that his completion percentage is down. He's not taking some of the easy passes. Now, he has missed guys like this past week specifically. He had twice Dontavian Wicks wide open, wide open over the middle and just either didn't see him or didn't want to throw to him. He went to Dobbs instead. Now, if that's just something that continues, then you're going to have to ask yourself, okay, is it just are we back to watching the Aaron Rodgers-Devontae Adams relationship unfold and actually cost this team yardage and, and possessions and such? But he had Dontavian Wicks wide open. It's three games. He's been better than even you, – you, and you're talking to the guy that has been critical of the pick. Whether he pans out or not, the pick itself, the timing of the pick wasn't, wasn't good. If he p- turns, he may not be the answer. You may very well be correct. But actually, if you look at the contract extension they gave him, they gave him a year to kind of prove himself. That's what that contract gave them. It gives them an out. Even they did not have the stones to say, oh, no, we're extending you. We're keeping you for another three, four, five, six years. We'll give you that kind of a contract. No. They basically gave him a contract to say, we'll give you a year extension and pay you some money up front because we want to find out what you are. You haven't won a game in the NFL yet. Now he's won you two. So I don't know what he's going to be. But I do believe that they have chosen some talent. Rashawn Gary's talented. DeFonte Wyatt is talented. Quay Walker has gotten better. I don't know what the secondary is going to end up being. I don't know what Jair is going to end up being. I don't know. Hopefully Stokes comes back after this next contest in a couple of weeks and he's back. Maybe he ends up being the real deal. I, I don't know. You know, we'll see with Lucas Van S. what he ends up being. Does he eventually take over for Preston Smith when that contract runs dry? You know, I, I, I don't know. But some of the talent they've picked up, you got to look at a guy like Zach Tom who's come in and fortified the offensive line. Some of the young wide receivers, certainly Luke Musgrave, has been uh, a solid addition to this team, and he's made an impact, and he's only three games into his NFL career. So it's not like they are completely inept and terrible. you got to point out the good and the bad. The Barry thing, I agree with you. That was a head-scratcher. But I'm not just going to just throw the baby out with the bathwater with everything being wrong and negative about this. 877-867-1670. So I get where you're going. I understand that. I respect some of it, but some of it is like, nope, no, nope. When I heard uh, Teddy was in Tosa, I thought, oh, we want to celebrate the Brewers. That was was not the call that I was expecting. (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. Everybody's got something going on. Be under their bonnet. Uh, Let's go to Dwayne. Dwayne, welcome to the program, man. How you doing today? 
You know, Billy, our old buddy uh, Chucky has probably got a smile like Jack Nicholson, the Joker, and Batman. I uh, I would assume that Chuck is uh, pantsless, running around his uh, apartment right now or condo with the uh, the Bob Uecker bobblehead, saying uh, it's just a bit outside. <laughs> hey, congratulations yeah. to Matt Arnold, to yep. Council, the the you know the Wisconsin kid doing a good. Um, I gotta tell you, uh, lost in the shuffle. Please, guys, don't forget what Joey Weimer did for this club before he just couldn't make contact to the baseball because that kid was exciting. Man, he and he had some big clutch hits, and his catches were ridiculous in the outfield. Uh, no, Joey Weimer, defensively speaking, is fantastic. But how, at this point, at this level, you have so much garbage going on in your swing before you even swing. Uh, and it, and it clearly costs him. I mean, I've had people that are, that are swing analysts that talk about the timing of his swing. You may get away with that crap in the minors because you don't have guys heating it up there on a continuum at 95 miles an hour with stuff that's moving all over the place. But in the majors, you better, you better concentrate on hitting a baseball and not all the other garbage going on in your swing. And I would assume that's what they're going to work with him on in the off season. Cause he does have potential, but my God is he got to work on that swing, man. And all Testing the stuff going on before that. Test, yep. Testing here all over again, you know. Yeah. Incredible yeah. minor league player. But, yeah, I hope they do straighten that kid out. And for fans that are wondering about, oh, by the way, there's some sports writer that's probably making the uh, Cardinals the prohibitive favorite to win the division next year by now. <laughs> right. Well, you talk about a team so with anyway, a lot of issues going into next season. That's the Cardinals. They, I don't know because yeah. they got a ton of money tied up in that team. And all I can say is a couple quick things. My first game at County Stadium was the Washington Senators with Frank Howard and the White Sox because we didn't have a team. So don't lose this one. You know, get it yep. done, folks. Get it done. Yep. Uh, I hope. He, yet, no, I agree with you, man. I agree with you, Dwayne. I hope they do. I appreciate the phone call. The one thing I'll say is I just wanted to see the Brewers make the postseason i know that's a cop-out i know it is i know you're rolling your eyes going here we go again but at the beginning of the season when we all sat down and talked about wins and losses some of you predicted 90 and you're probably close you're almost right or kudos to you for having more belief than i did Uh, i just didn't see the offense getting it done and lo and behold they got it done with pitching and defense and you can win that way but at, you eventually got to have hits and key hits and clutch hits and hits with runners in scoring position in the postseason. So we'll see. But I am so impressed that they even got into the postseason and won the division, mind you. Not just getting to the postseason, but winning the division because I thought at best they were going to be a wild card. And they have done so much more than that. So and it's only five, six games more than what I predicted. I said 83 wins at the beginning of the season. But – Kudos to them, man. Uh, congratulations to the Brewers on winning the division. Uh, and, you know, I'm not taking anything away from them. Nothing. They deserve it. You know, other teams played the same schedule and had the same opportunities, and they just didn't get it done. And the Brewers did. So kudos to them. Kudos to Craig Council. They pushed enough of the right buttons and enough of the right statistical matchups to be successful. So, um, 
ID for Life 8. Uh, Teddy, have the Packers ever done anything good in your eyes? Uh, Teddy seems like a ball of fire and a fun at parties, Pack fan says. Uh, Mark says, Bill, you are right on, but I do agree with the coaching. It's not that good. The coaching is has left something to be desired at times. I agree with you. The uh, decision to uh, kick a field goal um, and then not being able to get the play in in time, not being able to get set, get, then the decision not to kick a field goal, some of the coaching moves down the stretch, I, I would agree. Uh, that's what I said last week going into this game uh, on Sunday against the Saints. It, it, there was a lot. That, I mean, it, it was a collective effort to lose that game in Atlanta. So, uh, But I do also give co- kudos and credit to Matt LaFleur for showing the sense of urgency and changing things up in the fourth quarter and saying, hey, we're going to go to no huddle and we're going to keep them on their heels. And also we've got to get our guys into a rhythm. And he recognized that and it worked. It paid off and they got a win. So uh, there's some good and some bad. Let's do this. We're going to step aside when we come back. Jeff Levering is going to join us. We're going to talk about that Brewers victory last night uh, and not on the field, but more so off the field and in general, and then moving forward as you get ready for the postseason to be upon us. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Point Brewing. Brewing excellence since 1857. Thanks to the gang and Stevens Point for being a part of the program. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you back. The Bill Michaels Show on this Wednesday. Packers football tomorrow night. Brewers baseball back at it again tonight. Get a win or two or four, however many you need to get. Just get yourself rolling. Get yourself heading into the uh, right direction, so to speak, as you head into the postseason. And uh, then let the chips fall where they may because usually good pitching, good defense will go a long way. Now, you do need some clutch hits, key hits, and such along the way, but uh, who knows? Uh, for a team that wasn't really picked to win the division and uh, by all uh, you know thoughts might not even make it to the postseason with 83, 80, 45 wins, uh, they have certainly uh, fooled many uh, to a certain extent. And they played some really good baseball. And kudos to Craig Council and statistical management and the, the way they've handled things and injuries and everything that's gone on. It's been a long season, but ultimately they get to spray the champagne out of the American Family Field last night. Joining us now on the phone, Jeff Levering. Uh, Brewers television play-by-play over on Valley. You've heard his voice on radio all over the place. Now joining us on the hotline. Jeff, how you doing? You know, I'm doing great. I uh, ended up taking a couple of showers last night and did the laundry two different times, and I'm pretty sure the champagne and beer still is on my clothing and in my hair. Uh, <laughs> which, You know what, though? It, tell me about it because that is such a great moment. Even though, I mean, you're not a player on the field, but you're a part of that organization. You see what everybody goes through on the daily. Because sometimes people say, well, do you root for the team? Sometimes you root for the team, but other times you root for guys because you know how hard they work. You know the personalities inside that clubhouse. You know the people that really put it in every day in the organization to get it done. And then to be able to see the rewards, that's got to be gratifying. Yeah, it really is, and I think as as Brewers fans and Brewers employees for the last few years, we've been really, really lucky uh, to have been able to celebrate these 
titles, division championships, playoff wins uh, since 2018, and, and those never get old. Listen, they, it's, it is really hard to win a baseball game to do it the way that the Brewers organization has, going to the playoffs five of the last six years, winning three division championships. This is uh, it's a special group, and, and you're right. You do root for the people. You root for the people that have been a part of this organization. You think about the core guys that have been here, the, the Brandon Woodruff, uh, Corbin Burns, Christian Yelich, Adrian Hauser, Freddie Peralta. Those guys have been right in the middle of all of this, and really they are, they are the spokes of the wheel. Um, and, and, you, and you root for guys like that. You root for Craig Council, who's from Milwaukee and believes nothing but Brewers blue and gold, and the, the cliches go on and on. Um, but it is good to celebrate the wins because they don't happen all the time. You, you hear guys that talk about getting the playoffs in their rookie year, and I you think about Sal Freelich yesterday going, man, this is what it's all about. It's all about winning. But you don't know if you're ever going to get there again. Right. Uh, so you celebrate them. You celebrate those moments whenever you have the opportunity to do so. And the organization has made me, the other broadcasters, and of course you um, feel like they are a part of this thing. And, and to see them – the organization and the team embrace a, you know, you who's been here longer than, than anybody. Um, it, it just makes your heart warm and they treat everybody the same way. So to, to be a part of that, I didn't get as, as doused as you did. Um, but I, I got a, a nice little dose of it. The now all the celebration aside, this is a team that has lost three straight. Uh, they have played a total of six runs in the last three games. They they've got obviously some more to play, and they want to make a statement down the stretch. But also, you want to make sure that anybody with a bump and a bruise gets a little bit of time to breathe at this point. So, how much managing now, roster wise, comes into play? It's not a long period of time, but it's between now and Sunday to manage this team, still get wins, and make sure that everybody's firing on all cylinders by the time you do get to the postseason? Yeah, listen, I think today is a day where you'll see a lot of the reserves in there in terms of the starting lineup. Uh, Wade Miley's going to start for the Brewers today. Um, but, listen, today I think is the only day they're going to do that because, as you mentioned, the offense hasn't done a, a ton in the last three ball games. They didn't put up 16 on Friday in Miami. Uh, but it's been a, a slow burn here over the last few days. Uh, but then – Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you got Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta going. You want to make sure your offense is firing on all cylinders. The Cubs are still fighting for a playoff spot, so you're going to play that game pretty, that series pretty straight up against the, the Chicago Cubs. Uh, but you want to have good vibes going into that series. And if you're playing the Cubs, awesome. If you're not playing the Cubs, you're playing the D-backs, the Marlins, or Cincinnati, or whoever it ends up being in the first two games and three if necessary next week. Uh, you want to make sure you put your best foot forward. So I think today is a day where you'll see kind of the the bench guys be out there and, and get get an opportunity to swing the bat and play a little bit of defense. But then for the series finale on, on Thursday against St. Louis, I would expect the, the main starters who have who've been on this great run since the, the middle of the latter part of the month of August where the Brewers have had the best record in all Major League Baseball, just 12 losses in that time span. Uh, I, I would think that, that most of your regulars will be in there starting on Thursday. The uh, the sentimentality for Craig Council and Bob Euchre, two guys uh, obviously uh, with different stories getting to the Brewers organization, but 
with all, you know, you never know when Uke's going to call it a career. I mean, I've always said that even after Uke passes away, I think you just take him to a taxidermy, you stuff him, and you just play back his old stuff, and it'll never grow old because Uke is such a, an icon in the state. But Craig Council and the uncertainty, does that play into any of the sentimentality side of all of this? I don't think so. I think that these guys are just they are playing so much in the moment. Um, you know, if you ask anybody in that Brewers clubhouse, player-wise, they don't know what Craig Council's contract looks like unless someone's told them about it. Listen, those guys, those guys in the clubhouse love playing for Craig, and, and I mentioned those core guys, but the, the other part of this organization, it, it's pretty fluid with, with different people that have come and gone into the organization in the last couple of years. Um, but listen, they just this whoever the players are that they bring in, Craig just has this knack of getting them to play to their best abilities. And year in and year out, they talk about the connectedness and how they're all in group text together and they have a great time together. And, you know, Craig always makes the joke of on off days, it's an opportunity for you to pick your own friends. Well, most of the time, the guys are still hanging out with each other. It's that it's a testament to how close that group is. And, and for a lot of teams, you will see some decis- uh, some divisiveness between some of the groups. There are cliques. There are pitchers that hang out together, and then the position players hang out together. Infielders hang out with infielders. This whole group, it doesn't matter whether you're a pitcher or a position player, everybody is hanging out together. And I think that's a true testament to a team, um, and that's what Craig Council brings to the table. Um, he's a guy who's had to scratch and claw and fight for everything he's ever had uh, in terms of his playing career. Um, he's had this opportunity to manage now, and, and I, I mean, the fact that he has not won a Manager of the Year award is, I think, blasphemy at this point in Major League Baseball. I think if he doesn't win it this year, uh, it's a it's a travesty with what he's what he's been able to do. Only two starters making their their turns in the rotation all season long, uh, with the ups and downs of the roster. I think Craig has done one of his best jobs of managing this club this year. How do you manage between really good defense and the lack of offense with some of these guys versus offense versus questionable defense? Because the defense has won them a lot of games with pitching and defense, as Christian Yelich so eloquently put just a couple of months ago. That's the reason they're in this position. But yet you've got some guys tremendous defensively, but the offensive side of things, it just hasn't been there. And when you're getting into the postseason where it's all or nothing and you're looking for key moments and clutch hits and runners in scoring position – that is a monumental task of managerial experience for, for Craig Council and his his crew, is it not? Yeah, it really is. And, and I've said it a lot, too, that in this stretch, the bat plays, right? Whoever gets hot at the right moment, you see Andre Monasterio, um, who was the starting third baseman for the better part of six weeks, and then Josh Donaldson comes in, and he becomes productive. He's hit a couple of big homers. He's driving some runs in. He's played a good third base. Um, listen, Craig is as good as using at using his bench as anybody. Um, so guys that are even the, the last guy on the bench, they're finding ways to come into ball games and finding ways to positively affect those ball games more often than not. I think you you will continue to see Bryce Terang at second base, even though his offense is right around 200. His speed is such a difference maker. If he gets himself on base, I mean he's got 25 plus stolen bases this year. His speed changes the game. Um, you know, Blake Perkins is a great defender. He's come up with a couple of big hits at times, but his speed is game-changing. His defense is one of the, the great DRS defensive runs saved uh, at, at, in the outfield as anybody 
in the in the big leagues too. So you gotta you have to win with what you got. And the Brewers have great pitching. They have great defense. It has won them a ton of games. And the guys that they brought in at the trade deadline in Canada and Santana have done a, a really nice job of, of providing a spark that veteran leadership, um, just stuff that you can't quantify. Guys that have been there, guys that have done that. The, the rookies carried them to this point. They got them to where they are. Now they don't have to shoulder as much of the burden, and some of the veterans are taking that on right now. Um, Christian Yelich's season, it's been a, a tale of two different years, really. I mean, early on he struggled. Then, really, he started to come on and started to look more and more like the Christian Yelich we witnessed. And then the back issues start to rear their ugly head. And then you see the numbers drop off a little bit. Where is, in your opinion, Christian Yelich? Because Christian Yelich, God knows, if this guy gets hot and he just becomes that hitter that we're, we're, we're accustomed to seeing from years gone by, where nothing got past him and you didn't really want to pitch to the guy, he can change and dictate a lineup and the way a team plays you. So where is he, do you think, right now in all of this coming back from that back spasm and injury? Yeah, I think he's doing just fine. I mean, he wouldn't be in there if he wasn't at 100%. And, and to give him the, the two weeks off that he had, I think, was critical. He tried to come back. It just didn't look right against Washington. So uh, for him to take a little bit more time to make sure that it's all figured out, um, he's a guy who knows his body better than anybody. And, and I think when he came back against the Marlins, hit the two homers, scored four runs, you know, really was the catalyst of that, that 16-run output, a 12-run inning where he homered a couple of times and just missed on another one. Um, I, I think he's in a, a really good place with his health. And when you have him and then Contreras at the top of the lineup, I mean, it, it's not the – listen, it's not Acuna, it's not Albies, it's not Betts, and it's not Freddie Freeman in terms of dynamic duos. I mean, what is really in this life? Uh, but those two guys are so good at playing complementary offense, the speed, the power, hitting balls the other way, Yelich using his speed and stealing bases. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a fun brand of baseball to watch. I and mean, those two guys are really healthy uh, like they are right now. I think it's, it's going to be really, really fun to watch over the next weekend and then in the first round of the playoffs. Talking with uh, Jeff Levering, uh, television play-by-play for the uh, Milwaukee Brewers on Valley. You heard his voice over on the radio side as well, working with everybody in the broadcast team. Real quick before I let you go, so we know that Atlanta's a juggernaut. We know L.A. carries a lot of money and a lot of talent as well, and then there's the Brewers who win the National League Central. What makes this Brewers team dangerous to anybody in the postseason? Nobody wants to face the big three. I mean, in the way that the postseason – turns out you don't even need a number four starter until the NLCS if the Brewers get there. You win a best of two or three series in the wild card, right? So you could set it up with Woodruff and Burns and, and uh, Peralta, probably not in that order. They'll probably go Burns and Woodruff, then Peralta in a potential game three. But then if you get through that series, whoever you end up playing, and then go to the division series, the way that it's played out, playing Saturday, then Monday, then Wednesday and Thursday, again, you don't need a number four starter. Um, the schedule is laid out in a, a perfect way for the Brewers, for those three guys to be the, the cornerstones and to, to get you to where you need to go. And I don't think anybody wants to face those guys. You had the pitcher of the month in the National League and Corbin Burns in July. You had Freddie Peralta, the pitcher of the month in August, and Brandon Woodruff more than likely is going to be the pitcher of the month in the month of September. I mean, those three are as good as it gets in terms of a one, two, three. Um, it's, is it Smoltz, Glavin, and Maddox? I think you're talking a little different category, but they are damn good. That's for sure. 
Yes, they are. Jeff, it's a pleasure to have you on. We'll get you back more. I certainly appreciate your time. And the best of luck, man. Uh, hopefully you're drinking a lot more or at least still washing off a lot more champagne down the road. <laughs> appreciate it, Bill. Thanks. Four more celebrations to go, right? Hey, that's it. Four more. That's it. We'll count them down with you. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. There you go. Jeff Levering, uh, television play-by-play broadcaster and uh, works with Uke on the radio side as well and uh, with the Brewers. And what a night last night to celebrate. Now you get back to the grindstone. Maybe uh, you give some guys a day off today, and then after that you get back at it and you try to hone it getting ready. Breaking news, big news. Damian Lillard is now a Milwaukee Buck. There's a reason for this move to happen, not only to get better, but also to show Giannis, yes, they will not stop at trying to get better to win championships. This accomplishes two things, two things in this trade. We'll talk about them when we come back. But Damian Lillard is now a Milwaukee Buck, in case you're driving around listening to us. And I do appreciate Jeff Levering, but that news broke just as we were starting to get Jeff on the air, and I wanted to kind of give the Brewers and him their due respect before making that announcement. But, uh, yes, uh, Damian Lillard from the Portland Trailblazers has been traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll give you the details. That is all coming up next. Don't forget about our friends at the Rock Complex, whether it's uh, the Rock, Franklin Field, or you're going to Lux Golf Bays. Maybe you want to go to the Pizzeria, which is underneath the Lux Golf Bays, or Blend. The Blend Cocktail Bar, they have that, LuxGolfBase.com. That is LuxGolfBase.com. Stay tuned. Damian Lillard is now a Milwaukee Buck. More to come next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Buckle up. It's all systems go at Pottawatomie. Plug in to high wattage play and you could win an all-electric BMW i7. Play now through September with your club card. Prize drawings on Thursdays. There's a shocking $800,000 in total prizes on the line, including the luxury BMW i7. It's time to electrify your drive. Only at Potawatomi Casino Hotel. More info at paysbig.com slash BMW. Must be 21 years old and a club member to play. Big news that uh, the Trailblazers have traded away Damian Lillard to the Milwaukee Bucks. To the Milwaukee Bucks. Damian Lillard coming here. And the details of the trade. Uh, the Blazers remain engaged elsewhere on deals and will uh, and will, will are expected to immediately engage in contending teams and trade talks to move on. Uh, from Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday, Lillard goes to Milwaukee as a part of a three-team deal with Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, and uh, Tumani uh, Kamara and a 2029-2029 unprotected Milwaukee first and unprotected Milwaukee swap rights in 2028 and 2030 to the Blazers. Phoenix lands uh, Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nasser Little, and Nasir Little, and uh, Keon Johnson, all according to... um, Adrian Wojnarowski. So, Drew Holiday, the big piece in all of that, along with Grayson Allen, gone. And Damian Lillard now coming to the Milwaukee Bucks. And what this does is a couple of different things. Okay, first and foremost, you now have that other scorer on the outside that's legit. Okay, we all know that. 
Uh, and that helps big time. They didn't get rid of Chris Middleton. That wasn't Chris Middleton. Uh, Drew Holiday uh, was a guy that at times would play really well and then at times fade, as we saw in the postseason. And Damian Lillard is coming in here to be the guy that's Drew Holiday 2.0 and be better, be better outside shooter and such. Uh, they didn't get rid of Giannis's friend in Chris Middleton. They got rid of Drew Holiday and Grayson Allen. So Damian Lillard comes to the Bucks. Bucks are giving up the only thing they have. They don't have draft choices anymore. So a draft night for the NBA is like the Bucks just yawn. They're like, oh, we don't have anything. We've traded everything away. But what this does is it makes them, again, a competitive team with a, quote, big three, because you got to figure your starting lineup's going to be Chris Middleton, Lillard, Brooke Lopez, Giannis, and whomever. You know, was it Malik Beasley at this point, I think, would, would probably be the guy. So that's going to be kind of your starting lineup, right? So, uh, and, and when you talk about scoring per game, Damian Lillard can give you over 30 per game on average. Takes a ton of pressure off of Chris Middleton. But he can be a scorer alongside Giannis. Now, here's the next thought, Okay. It also sends a very loud message to Giannis that we will do anything and everything we can to remain competitive. So for the Bucks leader, who basically said and threw the salvo over the bow out to say, look, I just want to win championships. You've paid me all the money. Now it's just about winning championships. So we'll wait on signing the contract until I see if you're really committed. And the Bucks said, okay, we're committed. Here you go. So that's what the Bucks did. So huge Bucks news, huge move by the Bucks, and, and quite frankly, a deal that we thought might get done a few years back, that didn't. But Damian Lillard, after a couple of years of waiting, is finally a Milwaukee Buck, and will be playing alongside Giannis and Chris Middleton and Brook Lopez and company. So there you go. But uh, there you have it. That's 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 big breaking news from the Milwaukee Bucks. Also. And I had mentioned this at the top of the hour, and it, it's it's really minor news now. But one of the uh, one of the reporters, uh, Wesley Steinberg, uh, he covers the NFL and the Giants as an insider, and does have some uh, connections over to the uh, the Jets as well. His name is Wesley Steinberg. Said an anonymous player for the Jets today threw a football at the head coach Robert Sala's head in practice and a brawl bo- broke out before players and coaches had to step in and break it up. And then he, pu- he put in quotes, things are falling apart in New York. So here's the thing. Whoever threw the ball at Coach Sala, they say an unknown player, it's on film because they film everything. So they're going to see who did it. So whoever gets cut or disciplined over the next 24 hours, you'll know. You'll know who did it. But, yeah, an anonymous player for the Jets threw a football at the head coach of Robert Sala's head. And after that, a fight broke out. Players and coaches had to jump in, break the whole thing up. But as they put it, quote, things are falling apart in New York, end quote. Uh, let's do this. Jim Ozarski of the Journal Sentinel, he covers the Bucks. He's going to join us coming up next. We want to get uh, him on real quick and talk a little bit about this breaking news where Damian Lillard is now a Milwaukee Buck. Stay tuned. we got more coming up right after this on the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 
What advice would you give somebody that you know that's window shopping? I'd have to say Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin plays at an MVP level in the replacement game. They came in ahead of time, measured all the windows, make sure they had all of the measurements. When the Pella people left, you had no idea they had been here. You just had the new window. They're great professionals, Gina, and some of the best in the world at what they do. Right now, pay as low as $19 a month per window or $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. Pella's team of expert installers start with an in-home consultation and finish with no hassle or mess, leaving nothing but perfect results that stand the test of time. Right now at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, pay as low as $19 per window and $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. $6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details, offers end at 9-30-2023. All right, let me go back here real quick, uh, only for the fact that uh, I can't stand Elon Musk, and I said this was going to happen, but uh, the account that we were reading from, which was a verified blue check mark, and you assumed it was true, it's not. So the fight did not break out at uh, Jets camp, but there is consternation in Jets camp. I saw Salah today talking to the media uh, a little bit earlier and talking about some of the problems inside the locker room and the infighting that's going on and how they need to band together. Uh, which kind of played into all of this. But, uh, yeah, the account that I read from, even though it's a, a quote, verified blue check mark by Twitter or X, uh, you can pay for it. And everybody knows that. So it's not verified. It's a BS account. And this is the reason Elon Musk effed up Twitter. So, anyway, uh, I wanted to get that out there before I moved on any further. In the meantime, uh, Jim Ozarski joining us now on the hotline. And, uh, Jim, big news today. Now, uh, the Damian Lillard news is huge. You lose Drew Holiday. I understand that. They're bargaining with whatever it is they can pull out of the closet at this point because they don't have a lot of bargaining chips. But thanks for joining us on a short notice. What does this do for the Bucks, in your opinion? Yeah, well, it, it clearly keeps Giannis Adetokounmpo happy. Um, Giannis, you know, flexed uh, like superstars in this league do. By, by saying, you know, he wanted this team to continue its championship expectations. And, look, the, the only way this roster was going to change was by trading Giannis, Chris, or, or Drew. And, unfortunately for Drew Holiday, um, Chris Middleton was a free agent first. And he, he's not eligible to be traded until mid-December. Uh, neither is Brooke Lopez with their new free agent deal. So that just left Holiday um, – and Holiday's got big money uh, coming this year, next year on a player option, uh, desired around the league. So on, on one hand, it's, it's Giannis Adetokounmpo, you know, putting pressure on John Horst to do something, to change this roster. And then, um, you know, credit to John Horst for not sort of just listening to the public discourse over where Damian Lillard only wanted to be. And then also, look, he had, he had uh, three, three draft picks to move, and he unprotected all of them, 28, 29, 30. Uh, there, there's nothing left. Like, future of the Bucks, young Bucks, that, that's over. That was this summer. Um, this is, it, it remains an old team, but um, obviously the gamble here, Bill, is Damian Lillard, Chris Middleton, Giannis Adetokounmpo are going to be enough offensively to, to push this team to the finals again. How much of an upgrade is Lillard over Drew Holiday? 
Well, look, he, he's a, a top 75 player all time for a reason. And I, I feel I know Drew Holiday well enough where wherever he ends up, I, I don't think he's going to start this year in Portland. Uh, someone will ask him about it, and, and Drew will say, hey, it's Damian Lillard. <laughs> Um, right. Yeah, clearly. I mean, clearly there's a defensive downgrade. Um, they're going to have to, you know, Giannis and Brooke Lopez are really going to have to work hard on the back line. Um, and, and look, Damian Lillard's been hurt. He hasn't played more than 70 games in four years, I believe. Drew Holiday is rarely hurt. So there, there might be nights now with with this new big three that, that this team is, is maybe missing them. But uh, Damian Lillard is, is a Hall of Famer. Um, he's, he is a point guard. He averages over seven assists a game, so it's not like he's just the score, just the game time kind of guy. Um, uh, Bill, look, uh, this team has played really good defense in two consecutive postseasons. They have not been able to score when Chris Middleton and Giannis Antetokounmpo have been out. Now, Obviously, if all three are available, you've got Middleton and Lillard who can take end-of-game shots, that can make those shots. Um, they're, it, it's, a, it's an overall upgrade, although defensively there will be a downshift. I, uh, I look at this as putting a lot of eggs in a very vast, depleted basket because they just don't have anything left to trade. They've traded everything away. Um, so, you know, I understand all of that, but uh, the bottom line is that I, offensively they got better. We knew they needed somebody who can give them shots down the stretch. But I'm with you. They don't have better defense. And that was a problem last year, as we all know. And they did – They, you know, you shut down Giannis, and Giannis still wants to handle the basketball and still wants to shoot from the outside and still can't shoot free throws and, and, and all of that. Uh, to me, this just signifies while they did get better, this is a move to tell Giannis, we'll do anything we can to keep you – as, and just try to be more competitive. That's about it. That's about all they can do. Yeah, and look, not that they weren't with Drew Holiday. Um, clearly, they were the best team in basketball last year. Um, you know, if Giannis doesn't get hurt, Chris, it's easy to forgotten. Chris Middleton needed offseason knee surgery, so he, he, he hurt that knee at the end of the regular season. Um, you know, if those guys are healthy, Bill, I, I don't know if we're having this conversation, but to your broader point, yes. Giannis Adetokounmpo put the onus on the team. Um, him and Damian have a relationship. We're going to learn and hear more about that as this moves on and we get to talk to both of those guys in the next week. Um, so this is clearly something they both were cool with. Look, Damian's not accepting this trade if he's not good with it. So I, I am curious to see how the ball handling goes. Drew Holiday was a great addition to, to Chris and Giannis because he really didn't care about scoring. He really didn't care about the offensive stats. I'm really interested to hear what Giannis and Dame have to say about their shots. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Damian's a, a, a high volume scorer, one of the best scorers in basketball. Bill. Um, side note here: um, Grayson Allen's gone, uh, gone to Phoenix. I know he's probably in the mix, maybe been traded. He's still a starter, so this looks like either Malik Beasley, who's new to the team, or perhaps Marjan Bochamp might be sliding in there. But to your point, Bill, I don't know who's left to deal. So, yeah, now uh, Adrian Griffin has um, <laughs> has a heck of a first-year roster to manage. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, as a first-year head coach, with some of the changes and you're still trying to remain on top, it's, it's a lot to do. Now, real quick, let me ask you this before I let you go. Where do they rank now in the East? 
Uh, well, I, I thought they were a top three team before this. I think they're still in that in that boat. The defensive deficiencies now will be interesting. No Grayson Allen is interesting because we don't know what Malik Beasley is, but history shows that he should be a, a 40% shooter in this offense. Clearly no one's going to be paying attention to him <laughs> if those if the big three are on the floor. So uh, I'm still going to say they're a top three team. I got to put respect on, um, on Boston's name. Obviously Miami, this hurts the heat, Bill. There's going to be a little bit of a, maybe a step back there. I think Cleveland has a step to take. But, yeah, the Bucks top three at worst, one at best. But, again, it's, it's another, you know, clear favorite, uh, to, betting favorite, I'm sure, to, to go to the finals and, and win. Jim, always good, buddy. I appreciate it. Uh, get back to writing. But thanks for coming on with us a couple of minutes and giving us your two cents, okay? Of course, Bill. I'm sure we'll be talking soon. Absolutely. Appreciate it, pal. There you go. Jim Ozarski of the Journal Sentinel joined us for a couple of minutes. And uh, the breaking news of the day is the fact that the Bucks have acquired Damian Lillard from Portland. Uh, they ship out Grayson Allen. They ship out Drew Holiday. Uh, it's going to be, you know, as he had stated, you've got one of the a Hall of Famer and one of the better scorers in the NBA now coming to Milwaukee to join Chris Middleton and company. He has not played more than 70 games over the last four years. Uh, so he does have some injury issues along the way. But uh, then again, you take the good with the bad, and the and the good is the fact that he can hit shots and he can actually, a, a, you know, one or two or five points during a game, he can get it done. So good stuff. You are are you happy with the trade, uh, Grant? Yeah, I almost fell over in the hallway coming back from the bathroom when I saw it. Yeah, I, yeah, this rules. This is great. Yep. I'm excited about it now. If you can just keep all three of them, because remember, Chris Middleton was not on the floor much at all last year either. So you got to keep those guys healthy, and who knows what the Bucks can do, and, and can they do it for more than a year? And that's the other aspect of all of this. That'll do it. Good, good day today, man. Fast day today. We'll be back at it again tomorrow. Don't forget tonight coming up, you got the Bill Michaels huddle six to eight on many of these same stations. We'll be back at it again. Talk a lot of Packers football here from inside locker rooms. Till then, time for us to go. Have a go. See you.